The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church and Pastor Mark Ermler. Tonight, Psalm chapter 107. Thank you for coming back this evening and preparing your heart to receive from the Lord. Oh, I don't know, it was probably a month or so ago that I was reading through this portion of Psalms and I got stuck in Psalm 107. And, uh, you know, when you get stuck in a psalm or any passage of Scripture, it's a good thing. And uh, you just want to read it over and over and over. And, you know, God allows us to see uh, truth in His Word that is relevant in our own lives. And, and so I just kind of tucked that away because already in my mind I started to uh, just, you know, see some of the wonder of this marvelous psalm. And then as we headed toward the new year, I thought, here's a great psalm for us to really learn about uh, regrets that we might have in our life. Uh, the psalm is pretty simple, all right? I'm going to give you a big, big picture view of the psalm. You've got five illustrations, and uh, they're, they're kind of hidden throughout this because there are dominant verses that come out repeatedly, all right? And uh, matter of fact, four different times in this psalm, we are told uh, that they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. They cried to the Lord, they cried to the Lord, they cried to the Lord. Uh, four times it says, oh, that men would praise the Lord. It talks about opportunities uh, for the children of God to seize the promise of God, receive pardon for sin, and uh, to see God bless again in their life. It's a psalm of renewal. It's a psalm where we can look at it, we can say, hey, I, I, I can see that. And, and so listen carefully because these five illustrations, I'm just going to give you uh, them right off the top. I don't have a place really in the notes for you uh, to see them, but I'm going to highlight the verse and then describe what's going on, all right? Uh, the first illustration, uh, I, I just wrote a list here of what I'll, I'm calling it, the, the wanderer. All right, he's wandering in a wilderness. Look at verse number four. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. So that's the first illustration. It's the wanderer. Uh, it's that one that's in a parched land. Uh, they're hungry. They're thirsty. They're, they're seeking satisfaction. They can't find it. And so for our purpose tonight as we study through the psalm together, I want you to have that as our First illustration, we can all vividly maybe see the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness or anyone that may be lost uh, in the wilderness and, and uh, there's no water, there's no food. That's a time of distress. You're going to hear that theme over and over. In my distress, I called on to the Lord. So this is a stressful time for someone that's just wandering. You know, Christians can find themselves in that spot where spiritually they're thirsty, they're dry, spiritually uh, they've really not fed, they've not nourished themselves, and, and they're like in a wilderness. It's like the, the children of Israel. Uh, I mean, what are they waiting for? Well, they're waiting for their carcass to, to keel over. That's what the Bible says. Uh, the carcass is in the wilderness. Forty years, just wandering, wandering, wandering. That's a picture of, uh, as, of a believer in distress. And all of these pictures are people in distress, and we're going to hit the points in just a second. Well, that's the first illustration. The second illustration I see is going to be found here. Uh, let's, let's read uh, verse number 10. 
Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, uh, being bound in affliction and iron. All right, so my second illustration is a prisoner behind bars. Okay, it's, it's dark, it's dingy. Uh, they're, they're, in, they're in a hole. Um, uh, they, they, they are captive. Uh, there's no escape uh, for them. Uh, and, and distress has come upon their life because of that. Uh, affliction. They're bound by affliction and iron. All right? So there are people in this world like that. They, they don't know they're in prison, but they are. Every one of these five just illustrations are people in distress. Okay? Uh, we could have a believer in distress just wandering through life. We can have lost people that are bound by uh, just the prison of sin. Christians can be bound by sin. And so uh, as we go through the, these illustrations, we see uh, some wonderful truths. But i got to give you the illustrations, all right? So let's go to the third one. And uh, that one is going to be found here in uh, beginning in verse number 17. Fools, because of their transgression... And because of their iniquities are afflicted, all right? Uh, we hear that uh, people have an affliction, okay? Uh, in this context, the next verse tells us it's a physical affliction. It's an illness of some type. Look at verse 18. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. Boy, any of you get the flu and you just couldn't wait to get down to the buffet? You're in bed, <laughs> and the last thing you want to do is eat, right? And so here's an illustration of someone that has this affliction. They have uh, some kind of, a, uh, of an illness, and I'm, I'm, I'm calling this the sick soul, all right? They're just sick. So the wanderer in the wilderness is the first. The prisoner behind bars is the second. The sick soul is that third illustration, and now let's go to the fourth one, and uh, I'm going to have to go to, uh, let's, uh, hmm. how about I start in verse number 23. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these are the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifted up the ways thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of the trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. You wonder where we get that expression. It's right there in Psalm 107. You've heard it. I'm at my wit's end. All right? Well, this is an illustration, and I have called this uh, the doomed sailor. All right? Uh, I mean, the description here is horrific. They're headed for doom, for destruction. Uh, the, the, the winds, uh, the waves, the stormy winds, uh, the lifted up waves of verse 25, they mount up to heaven. Think about that. I mean, I don't know if, uh, I mean, I, you know, cruise ship, you don't really feel a whole lot, and that's about as extreme as I've ever gotten on the seas. You know, some of you have been sailors, and Boy, you know a little bit about rough water, real rough water. But the illustration here is helpful to us because, again, this is someone in distress. And I, I, can't, you know, I can't put myself in the shoes of someone on the high seas that would be in distress because the waves would be high up to heaven. 
But we can, we can surmise what that must feel like for those kinds of sailors, all right? So I've got the wanderer, I've got the prisoner, I've got, you know, the sick soul, the sailor, and I've got one more illustration here, and I want to begin reading. Uh, let's take it from verse 32. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth rivers into a wilderness. Now think about that. He turneth rivers into a wilderness and the water, I got to take my glass, and the water springs into dry ground. A fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. And I'm going to use the illustration of the failed farmer. I mean, he may have all the skill in the world, but the Bible says that God, he closed down the water supply. Rivers are no longer the rivers. Springs are no more springs. What was fruitful is now not fruitful anymore. And in each of these five illustrations, what we have as a result is distress, 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 distress. And I tell you, as we look at learning from our regrets, I think God wants us to learn tonight from 107, Psalm 107, that when distress comes, whatever situation in life, God has an answer. And I can look back at regrets and I can learn from them. You say, why do you use that phrase, learn? Uh, this is introduction, but go to the verse 42 of the psalm. Notice how he ends it. The righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. So he ends the, the song by just saying, listen, if you're wise... And if you're of understanding, you're going to see that in all these different times of distress, there is a loving God. And whatever scenario creeps up in your life or my life, there's a reason that I'm in distress. I need to recognize it, and I need to let God help me deal with it. So we're going to look at how you do that, all right? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for each one that's here. Thank you for your word. Help me now as we desire to just go through this passage and learn how we together uh, really can see you help us uh, learn, gain wisdom, and uh, Lord, understand that times of distress and despair and pain can end if we'll just follow your prescription. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we have the five separate illustrations. Let's go to number one in your notes. It's the problem. The problems in life, all right? The problems in life, number one. In each of these scenarios, in all five illustrations, if you see where they are in the text, you're going to see right around the illustration the problem that comes to the forefront. For instance, as we're talking here about the lost wanderer, go back to verse number five. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainteth in them. When I, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of all their distresses. I want to emphasize distress. Our times of distress, the problems of life, they're real. For this wanderer, 
no food, no water in the wilderness is disaster. There is stress that you and I can't imagine. My wife and I um, don't have a lot of television that we watch together. And I think I've mentioned this before. But there, on the History Channel, there's a show that I, I tell you, I've never seen my wife so excited about seeing a TV. She hates TV, but she loves that show. And uh, we'll watch it together. And it's, it's really fun because uh, she asks me periodically through the year, is it on yet? Has it come around yet? And that's not my wife. I mean, I, I mean my kids have grown up and, and they know the last thing they've ever seen is her probably in front of a, a, a television very much. But uh, here in this show, it's called Alone, all right? And uh, Alone is where they take uh, 10 people, they put them out in the worst wilderness you can imagine, and they don't give them Uh, 10 items to live on, and they've got to survive there for as long as they can. The person that stays the longest, they give them $500,000. And they don't have a crew following them around. They have to tape themselves. Literally, they are alone. And the psychological, I mean, workings of what it means to be isolated from people and what it means to be able to, how do you find fresh water? This is astounding, but in the first season, they actually had 10, and within the first week, the first five are off. They're gone. They couldn't handle seven days being alone. They couldn't handle seven days of, uh, it was, they put them up in British Columbia, and it's so wet. It's like a a rainforest and and wet, and uh, sounds like I'm advertising for a TV show, doesn't it, tonight? No, I'm just trying to drive home a point. Uh, The reality is you're in the wilderness, and you need food, and you need water. And, uh, and, and you can't just drink any kind of water. It's got to be sterile. But in order to sterilize your water, you need what? Fire. But everything's wet. And, and, and some of them are for days without fire. Uh, they say there's a thousand cougars on the island that they, they lay them off, and there's the greatest density of, of bears. Uh, the first guy, he didn't make it one night because he literally had a bear stalking him. It's unbelievable. And they get it all on film. And I, I'm thinking the lawsuits, you know, if somebody actually gets eaten by a bear. Uh, but uh, it, it's one of these things where they're in distress. You can see it. You can hear it in their voice. They don't like being alone. They don't like the fact that they can't light a fire. They don't like the fact that they are so thirsty because they know uh, they can't drink water. They call it brackish water because you got the tides, and so the water from the ocean goes up the stream, and they think, well, as it's coming back, it's got to be good, but it's not. It's half seawater, half real water, and you start drinking that, and you kind of go crazy. Did they let you drink ocean water there when you were in the Navy there? No. Not a good thing to do? No. Okay. Bad, bad. And uh, so when you're alone, all of a sudden, they do all kinds of uh, the crazy things because the water. And, uh, you know, they get sick uh, because they're uh, drinking the wrong kind of water. They can't find food. You say, how desperate do they get? Would you believe setting traps for mice? Sluds. They're in distress. All right? That's this first wanderer. That's this person. They're in distress. They have a problem. All right, so A, our times of distress. B, our times of darkness. Again, let's go to the second illustration. Verse number 10. This is the, this is the prisoner. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. 
are times of darkness. Here this prisoner behind bars is in a dark, dark place. And we can find ourselves in that kind of dark, dark place as well. And oh, the distress of being behind bars. Oh, the distress of not being able to be free and, and, and have that liberty. And so all of this is under problems that come in life. Let's go to verse 17 a second. This is talking about that one that's sick. Remember that illustration, verse 17? Fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquity are afflicted. So here it's talking about disobedience. All right, we're going to come back to this, but this is self-inflicted pain. There's different illustrations in all five of these. Some of them are not self-inflicted. It's just life. But some of them are directly self-inflicted. Some of them come back to the individual. And in this case, in verse number 17, this one that is sick, it's a time of disobedience, all right? That's letter C. Our time of distress, our time of darkness, our times of disobedience. They're sick. The Bible says here their ailment, their affliction comes back to their disobedience. And uh, so... Uh, we see here that uh, the problems in life, uh, the stress, darkness, and times of disobedience, if you don't see that you're living in, in trouble and distress as you're living in disobedience to God, you're fooling yourself. You're in distress and you don't even know it. You're in trouble and you don't even realize it. This person self-inflicted wounds because of disobedience. All right, verse 25. This is the sailor illustration. And the Bible says, For he commandeth and raiseth a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down against the depths. Their soul is melted because of the trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. This is uh, our times of despair. Scripture describes here this depths of despair. And uh, uh, this is the, the problem that comes up in life to where we despair even of life. And then the last one dealing with our failed farmer is uh, verse 33 and verse 34, and that's our times of drought. All right, so you're a little bit behind me here. Uh, our times of despair is letter D. All right. And now our times of drought. Is that going to come up? Nope. Okay. Should be the next slide. Not there? All right. We'll go on. Just write it in. Is it on your paper? All right. Drought. Drought. Put that in. Here's the farmer that used to have fruitful land, but now it's barren, verse 34. Why? Self-inflicted again. Look at this, why? For the wickedness of them that dwell therein. Again, some of the problems of life come because of wrong decisions we make. Some of the problems that come in life simply because it's life. All right? And, and you're going to see in this scenario of five illustrations, three of these are actually 
uh, self-inflicted. All right, we're going to get to that in just a second. So let's go from the problems of life to number two, the pain of sin. All right, the pain of sin. The problems of life have consequences, don't they? They sure do. Uh, Some of the problems of life, uh, if they are self-inflicted, will produce a different kind of pain. You know, I can have a problem in life, maybe it's a health problem, and there's pain involved in that health problem. As I say that, would you pray for Brother Dwayne? All right, he's had uh, tests on Thursday. They're going to go in for two procedures here this week, and uh, hopefully the first procedure uh, is a draining to where they don't have to put in the stents or shunts or whatever they do uh, when you have water on the brain. But he's in severe pain, and, uh, and the pain is just related to health. And so we have sometimes things like that uh, that come into our life, uh, the problems that come into our life, and there's pain that's associated with them. So real quick, as we look at the A, B, and C of the pain of sin... Of the five different illustrations of pain, three of them are self-inflicted, so let's just highlight the three. A is rebellion. A, because of their rebellion. Now, this is the prisoner. Skip the wanderer. There's no no indication about the wanderer that they sinned in some way, and that's why problems came in their life, and that's why pain came in their life. Nothing there. They still have problems. They still have pain. But uh, we see here that it's not self-inflicted. That's the first one. But the second one, God clearly says it's self-inflicted. We see that in verse 11. Because they rebelled against the words of God. All right? So remember who that second one was? It was the prisoner. Second illustration is a prisoner. Why is he in prison? All right? Well, the Bible says here, because he's a rebel. That's why he rebelled. Maybe there was a rule he didn't like, a regulation he didn't like. He didn't like the fact that he couldn't take this or couldn't do that. I don't know what the reason is, but he's behind bars. And the Bible says he's there, and he's enduring problems and pain, but it's all self-inflicted. All right? Uh, that's the first illustration. The second one, I've already addressed the sick person, and the key word there for letter B is iniquity. Verse number 17, their iniquities, verse 17, are afflicted. Uh, their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. So this is the fool. Fools because of their transgression and their iniquity. All right? So, uh, again, self-inflicted. This is the third illustration. It's the, the one that got sick, but it was, it was self-inflicted. They didn't make themselves sick. God allowed them to get sick. Why? Because of their iniquity and because of their transgression. Now, folks, that's not to say that everybody gets sick is because of iniquity and transgression. It's just something that sometimes God does use that tool. And we have to look into our own hearts and say, well, what's the cause of this? In the Bible, you have different illustrations of some that rebelled, and because they rebelled against God, God brought a sickness upon them. I think of King Asa. Uh, Remember what? He refused to go to the uh, he went to the physicians instead of going to the Lord, and he had problems with his feet. And he died. He was a rebel at that point in his life. Sometimes, because of our own sin, our own iniquity, we're rejecting God. There's other Bible characters. I'm thinking of some kings and, and others. Uh, Uzziah comes to mind. Um, different individuals here through the Scripture, because of sin, uh, iniquity, transgression, 
uh, they have this problem and pain. Not all the time. Sometimes God allows believers to go through sickness. How about a lot of those uh, early uh, church pioneers that the Apostle Paul ministered to and loved, and some of them were nigh unto death in their service to God. Folks, it's not, it's not the charismatics. You know, uh, you're sick, that's because you're a sinner. <laughs> and you're not sick because you're not a sinner. I mean, that's, that's a simplification, I know. But uh, that's kind of how, you know, name it, claim it, health, wealth, prosperity. If you are, uh, if you are really trusting God by faith, you won't ever get sick. My question is, well, how do you die if you never get sick? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the, you know, that's usually the precursor to heaven, right? Uh, that uh, that happens, but uh, we we recognize here that in this illustration, for this illustration, God says it was self-inflicted, and then the wickedness. We skip over the 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 sailor. He's not. It's not self-inflicted. Whatever he's going through, it's not because the Bible doesn't say wicked or rebellion or iniquity. Uh, for the sailor, but he does for this farmer. And, and you just see the words that are being used here. Let's go back, uh, like the fool in verse number 17, and the rebel in prison. And now uh, verse number 34, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. There you go, because of their wickedness. So of the five illustrations, three of them we look at the middle three, and all of them are self-inflicted. That's the pain. All right, so let's pause for a second, kind of shake our head, get the cobwebs out. What we got here is a problem, and with the problem, they all experience pain. Some of them experience pain because they brought it on themselves. Some of them are experiencing pain because God allowed it. All right? But their problems, their times of distress... Their, their pain that's associated with the problem. Now, the question is, what do we do? All right? I mean, uh, every one of us could be going through a, a problem, a distress of some type, and that distress causes us real pain. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's emotional, uh, but, but it's pain nonetheless. And God's kind of looking at us and saying, listen, are you in the category of rebel? Are you in the category here of uh, committing iniquity? Are you in the category of this wicked one? Or is it just because I'm working in your life in some other way and it has nothing to do with your rebellion and nothing to do with your iniquity and nothing to do with your wickedness? You know, that's why we have to come before God and, and search me, O God, know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Because sometimes we don't even know our own heart. Our heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so we come before God and we say, God, show me my heart. Show me. Is this problem and is this pain self-inflicted or is it just your working? I don't know. But you know, God will let you know. If you have an honest heart that you come before God and say, God, all right, I, I, I've searched my heart. I'm wondering if it's rebellion. I'm wondering if it's my iniquity. I'm wondering if it's my wickedness. You... Search me out. Try me. I just want to be right with you. All right, so that's the first two thoughts, the problems of life, the pain of sin, and now here's the good part. The prayer of repentance. The prayer of repentance. Now, these four first illustrations are all followed by 
these prayers of repentance. For instance, the one that's in distress. Look at verse number 6. This is that hungry one, verse 5. The wanderer, verse 4. Now in 6, here's the prayer. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. They cried when in distress. That's, a, that's, a, that's the formula. All right? I've got a problem. I've got pain. I'm not sure if it's because of my rebellion, iniquity, wickedness. I'm not sure if it's self-inflicted or just that God's working. But it's real. It is a real problem. It is real pain. What do I do? I go to prayer. In my distress. Then they cried unto the Lord. So this is the prayer of repentance. Let's go here to the person in prison. That's, that's the wanderer. The second illustration is the, the guy in prison. Look at verse 13. The Bible, I'll, I'll, I'll read verse number 11. Because they rebelled against the words of God and con, uh, con, contemned the counsel of the Most High, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. All right, first illustration, they prayed. They prayed. They cried when in distress. They cried from prison and darkness. They just cried to God. Now remember, both of these, the first one, not self-inflicted. The second one is self-inflicted, but they both do the same thing. Get that tonight. It's not like uh, if you have self-inflicted problems and pain that God's not going to hear you and God's only going to hear those that, I mean, that's just life. you got problems, i got problems. You have pains, i got pains. But for the most part, my heart is following after God. It's just a part of being life. God will hear my prayer. He doesn't want to hear your prayer, you rebel. You're in jail. No. The prayer. Right? He just prayed. It's in the context of that illustration, and the Scripture just says, uh, although they rebelled, verse 11, verse 13 says, then they cried unto the Lord. They cried when they were disobedient. Let her see. All right, why are they in prison? Because they rebelled. They were disobedient. And that's a good time to cry to the Lord. The psalm is so wonderful because it's for everybody. It's just, if you got pain and you got a problem, this psalm's for you, all right? It's for me. Varied illustrations, different people, but they all have the commonality of a problem. They all have the commonality of pain that comes with the problem. Oh, there's different ways that they got there. Some wickedness, some iniquity, some rebellion. I tell you what. Uh, and this is for young, young, young people, and I guess it's for all of us here. But I tell you, wouldn't you rather be going through pain and problems just because God's taking you through life than because God has to spank you? Because you rebelled and because you're wicked and because of iniquity. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather it not be self-inflicted pain? That's the motivation here for the heart of the child of God. Folks, we're all going to go through problems. 
We're all going to hit times where we're in pain, all different kinds of pain. But the remedy is the same. They cried to the Lord. That's the answer. They cried when in distress. They cried when in darkness. They cried when they were disobedient. And they cried when in despair. Now, this is that sailor. Remember him? Uh, the sea going up and going down. And now, verse 28, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and bringeth them out of their distresses. Letter D is they cried when in despair. So the sailor that's doomed. Boy, I've never seen waves this tall. They cried. Cried out to God. And God heard. And God came to their aid. Why? They prayed. They prayed. What's the remedy for problems and pain? You say, Pastor, that's so simple. It's what's being taught. What's the, what's the remedy? I mean, I've got these regrets. I look back and I've, I've experienced pain. And I, I've experienced setbacks. And I've, I find myself in all different situations. Uh, sometimes self-inflicted, sometimes not. How do I deal with that? I cried unto the Lord. That's all you can do. Folks, God desires to bring us to this place where we are simply willing to pray the prayer of repentance and recognize if it's self-inflicted, we brought it on ourselves. Lord, I rebelled. And that's why I had these problems and this pain. Lord, I was living in iniquity and that's why this illness came. God, I I was living foolishly and wickedly and you took my fruitfulness and made it unfruitful. Right? And we need to repent of that because we brought it on ourselves. You don't have to repent for things that you haven't done. Right? I, I don't see this wanderer needing to repent, honestly, and I don't see here uh, this sailor needing to repent. Because God doesn't go out of his way to highlight what they did wrong. They just have problems and pain. But all of them can cry out to the Lord. Some are just crying out for help. Others are crying out in repentance to God. Some are just like any believer saying, God, I'm thirsty. <laughs> it's gotten dry in my Christian life and it's stale and I don't want it to be. Help. Some find themselves here on the sea of life and it's not going like they wanted it to go. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit too much. The ups and the downs, simply put, you're at your wit's end. I'm just at my wit's end. What's the remedy? Cry to the Lord. Such a blessing. Whether, whether I brought it on myself or whether it's just something in life that God directed my way, it's all the same prayer. They cried when in distress. They cried when in darkness. They cried when it, they were disobedient. They cried when in despair. All right, so let's go from the prayer to the promise. 
And each four, only the first four, by the way, get this, only the first four illustrations cry to the Lord. I was looking for a fifth one. Matter of fact, I, I, I was uh, researching different, you know, commentaries and different things that some folks have said on this and, you know, one pastor, and, and they, they highlighted four illustrations. And I said, that, well, when I read through that, I didn't see four, I saw five. But all he focused on were the ones where they cried, the ones that they prayed, and uh, the ones that God delivered. That's the only ones they focused on. But there's a fifth one that God wants us to see as well. But let's go back to the first four. The first four prayed. Now, here, here it's important. Two of these four, self-inflicted. Two of the four, God just brought it. All right? But they all prayed. They all cried. And God heard them all. That's the promise. All right? Now, as we look at the promise, we first of all see, and he delivered. Go back to the first illustration, the wanderer, verse 6. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Isn't that wonderful? God said, listen, if you'll just cry out to me, if you'll just pray, I'm going to make you a promise. Pain? Oh, absolutely. Problems? Yeah. Some we bring on ourselves? Yeah. Some just pop up? Yeah. Cry. Pray. And then as you pray, claim the promise. Okay? You might go home tonight and just say, Lord, I'm distressed about this. I find myself in this situation. Pray. Pray. And then recognize that God hears us. Every one of these, they cried and he hears. All right? Uh, and he delivered. Verse number 13, here's that one that was in prison because they were a rebel. You know, God hears the prayer of rebels. You say, how do you know that? Well, because I can read. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's right there in the book. Verse number 13. Here in verse 11, because they rebelled, verse 13, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. Aren't you glad that God hears rebels? Aren't you glad that even when we're backslidden or out of fellowship, that if we'll just recognize, hey, I'm in a world of hurt here, I got problems. I really shouldn't be dealing with, but I, I know why. I'm the reason. I'm the rebel. So what are you going to do? Continue to rebel or are you going to face reality and say, okay, God, forgive me. I'm coming in prayer. I'm claiming the promise. And we see here that God's promise is sure. In their distress, verse 6, they cried from their darkness and rebellion, verse 13. They cried from their disobedient heart, verse 19. Right after verse 17 and 18, this ill person, this sick person, and they brought it on themselves as well, and God called them fools. Verse number 17, fools because of their transgression. Transgression, that's a no trespassing. That's you know what the rule is, and you go anyways and rebel, disobey God. That's what transgression means. It's the sin of 
full well knowing what God says, thou shalt not, and you shalt. All right? God says, you don't cross that line, and you step right over. That's transgression. And so this person that's dealing with this illness because of their iniquity, uh, because of their transgression, their affliction, they're so sick that they abhor food, their only remedy is they cried. And after they cried, notice what God says, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, verse 19, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and what? Healed them. That's something. You know, sometimes God allows us to see sicknesses so that we'll just get right with God. Not all the time, but sometimes it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the tools in his tool, tool bag. Why? Because when we're faced with something that we know is totally beyond us, it's easy for us to just, all right, God, nothing between my soul and the Savior, you know? I mean, God, if I'm going to deal with cancer, if I'm going to deal with this, if I'm going to deal with that, I've got to know that my heart is right with you. Because I'm going to be asking you some big asks. And I know I can't come into your presence with these big asks and not be right with you. Boy, God uses that for us to cry. And then he makes his promise. We pray and he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he promises. And in this case, the Bible says simply, he healed them. When they cried to the Lord in their trouble, he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Folks, this person was headed for destruction. Their body refused to take food. They're, they're, they're wasting down. And in that moment, although a fool and a rebel and, a, and, and, and one that's been living in iniquity, they had sense enough to know that, you know what? I'm, I, I got problems or self-inflicted. I've got pain, but I can pray. And I can grab onto the promise of God. And I know if I pray that he'll even hear me. All right? Letter D. Here's the fourth illustration. Verse number 28. This follows the sailor. Remember, he's in the depths. He cries in verse 28. And they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that's a precious verse. You're going from, I mean, upheaval in your life to calm. You're going from the worst storm that you've ever experienced to safely being in your harbor. Who brought you there? God did. What, what was the impetus for God to move on your behalf? You cried unto the Lord. And when you cried, he heard. And he stilled the waters. And he brought that boat that you thought would probably be your coffin, you know, and sink with you to the bottom of the sea. He brought you out of that storm to that safe haven. 
can we say? He cured you of your disease of being at your wit's end. Not there anymore. Why? Because God stepped into my storm. Wow. All right? He brought them out. Now we've got to wrap this up, all right? Let's look at this praise. Praise. All four times in these four illustrations... All right, let's just relive it. What do you got? You got the problem first, and because of the problem, what follows? Pain, all right? They're all Ps. I'm going to help you. All right, number one, we got a problem. Do all of them have problems? All five have problems, yes or no? Yes, all right? And because of those problems, what shows up in their life? Pain, all different varieties, all different stripes, but there are. Now, four of the five recognize that although I've got problems, although I've got pain, There's a resource God gave me, and that resource is prayer. I can cry to the Lord. And and, and the first four did, and and as they cried to the Lord, what did God do? All right, what's the P? He promised. I'll show up. And whether you're a wanderer, whether you're in prison, whether you're on your sick deathbed, whether you're on a boat, uh, on an ocean, it doesn't matter. I can hear you. God hears our prayer. And so in the case of all these four, remember two of them self-inflicted, two of these, just who knows why. But they're all praising God now, and this is so precious. All right, let's look at these praises. Uh, beginning in verse number 8, here is the wanderer. What, is, what does he do? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. What does that remind me of? That, boy, it doesn't matter how parched I am, how dry I am. God can deliver me, and I need to praise him for it. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Think about it. You say, Pastor, I'm spiritually dry. God can fill your cup. Pastor, I've not been feeding, maybe on the word like I ought to. God can help you. Uh, You're wandering. God can get you back to where you need to be. And when he does, praise him for it. Because he did it. Right? Why Why did he do it? Because you claimed his promise, you prayed, and he took that pain and he took that problem and he dealt with it as only he can. All right, the next illustration, praise him through the darkness. Verse 15, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and he cut the bars of iron in sunder. That's our God. Listen, I don't care what lost sinner has rebelled against God, because this is the rebel that's in prison, if they would pray the prayer of repentance, true repentance, recognizing that this is self-inflicted, that I sinned against the holy God, that my problems and my pains in life are a direct result of my decisions, when I'm crying to God for deliverance, God will hear that prayer. God will deliver them out of their bondage. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. There's hope for the rebel. There is. And so in the text here, 
uh, we see uh, praised him through the darkness, through the bars. All right, number, number, letter C, number C. <laughs> Praise him for his mercy in my disobedience. Isn't that what verse 21 is? Remember, this is the fool. This is uh, the one that's transgressed. Because of their iniquities, God had to afflict them. Well, the Bible says here that that one is now praising as well. Oh, that man, verse 21, would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And then we have that sailor, right? He cried to the Lord, verse 28. God brought still the storm, verse 29. God brought them into their desired haven. What a blessing. And now that sailor is praising God. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, for many, the sermon would stop right there because we basically looked at four illustrations and we see the same operation. Problem, pain, prayer. God makes a promise, right? And now there's praise back to God. All four. Two of them self-inflicted, two of them not. But it's the same. And then as I studied this a little bit deeper and just kind of read it over and over, and I said, why don't we see that for the fourth, fifth one? Why don't we see praise? It's a repeating verse you would think with five illustrations. Why isn't it repeated a fifth time? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. All right? Let's read it. Let's, let's go on. The last praise was the sailor, verse 34. So, from verse 35 on, we're dealing here with this last individual. And, of course, that last il illustration here uh, deals with that farmer, the failed farmer. Let me ask a question. Did this fella have a problem? Yes or no? Yes. Did he experience pain because of his problem? He sure did. The water's dried up. The river's gone. I can't... Feed my, my, my crops. Everything's dying. Is it self-inflicted according to the Word of God? Yes. The Bible says in verse number 34, it's because of wickedness. A fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. Self-inflicted. This last illustration is a person that is presented with the same opportunity that the prisoner had, the same opportunity that the person on the deathbed had. They had pain, they had problem, and now God was waiting for them to pray, to cry. Why? Because God had a promise for them as well. Yeah, your wickedness is wicked, but so is the iniquity of, of the one on the deathbed, and, and so is the rebellion of the one in jail. I heard them. I'll hear you. But there's no cry. I looked. So where's that verse? I'm, you know, when you read a text and you see a repeating verse, you keep looking for it, right? How many times is this going to be repeated? It got repeated four times, but not the fifth time. And that told me that that man never got beyond his problem and his pain because he was never willing to pray and repent. And because he wasn't willing to pray and repent, God couldn't do anything for him. 
Think about all the souls out there that God is just waiting. and They're in rebellion. God knows that. They're in wickedness. God knows that too. They're living in iniquity. God knows. But is God willing to hear? But this person is watching their whole world destroy around them. They're, the river's drying up. I mean, the description is pretty vivid there. He turneth the wilderness, verse 35, into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow the fields and plant vineyards which may yield fruits to increase. See, there's the potential. It may yeah, I can. There's nothing that God cannot undo that you have done to destroy your life. If you let them. Did you see them both there? It's like, it's this fifth one I think gets, gets left behind when we read the story. And we don't dwell on the fifth one and we don't wonder, what's going on with the fifth one? They got pain. They got problems. Their life's unraveling. God, God's throwing out the carrot. He's, he's throwing it out and he's saying, hey, listen, I can, I can turn this all around. You'll be able to sow the field again. You'll be able to plant vineyards, verse 37. It'll yield fruit. It'll increase. He's, it's almost like God is crying out to the sinner to say, listen, there is hope. But you've got to ask. It's not that God's hand is shortened that he cannot hear. He can. It's that individual has to come to the place where their problems and their pain go beyond to the place of prayer and God's promise, right? So that they also can praise God for what God restored in their life. Go verse number 39. Again, they are minished and brought low to oppression, affliction, and sorrow. Do you see how God transitions here? That, that farmer, that fruitless farmer, he's got opportunities. God's throwing it out there. God's saying, here's what could happen. But again, they are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow, he poureth contempt upon princes and caused them to wander the wilderness where there is no way. That's sad. For this farmer, he didn't access the resource he had in God to turn everything around. Every one of us in this room knows somebody right now that is going through that pain and that problem and they won't come to the place of submission to God in prayer and repentance. And because they won't come there, they're going to continue right on having to experience the oppression and the affliction and the sorrow. Because it's only the Lord that can make it all right. It's only the Lord. Praise him in distress, praise him through darkness, disobedience. If I didn't get the last one, it was despair on praise. I'm sorry, I should have given that to you. But that last point just has to deal with that last illustration and how sad that they will live their life in their problem and in their pain because they have refused to accept the grace and mercy of God.
Folks, we can help other people if we can understand this process. We can recognize, all right, what are you going through? Is it self-inflicted or is it just life? Hey, let me show you what the next step is. We need to cry to the Lord. And God can bring us out. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.